Hey, this is uh, this is Jose Galison of No Way Jose. Uh, today, this episode is not going to be on the Liberty Movement YouTube channel because this one's going to be a little bit more uh, on the political side, and so we keep that content off there. Uh, it's kind of ironic that was my first time using that fucking intro, and you kind of saw I said like non-political, but I'm expanding my brand a little bit. Um, giving thanks to Daniel Elwood of Actual Anarchy for that. He he did that up for me just out of the blue. So, uh, like I've said before, you know, like if you're someone that's going to podcast, get into it. It's a good community. People willing to help. We know the interview, all that good shit. Um, with that today, let's get into what the subject for today is. The subject for today is going to be agorism versus politics. And the inspiration for this came from a tweet from Sal Mayweather. And uh, I'll read it right now so you guys know where we're, I'm coming from. And uh, I'll bring it, the guest is Sal. And I'll bring Sal in a minute so he can elaborate and we can kind of go into it. Um, this was, it says, don't be fooled, friends. The most dangerous element of the party archy is the LP uh, Mises Caucus. They siphon anarchists from the counter economy and persuade them to waste their efforts on inefficient and immoral tactics like politics and government. This was very contentious. A lot of people got super butthurt about it. But I completely get where he's coming from as an agorist. And I understand it because I've read all of work. I get what he's saying. I mean, I don't necessarily have any ill will towards LPMC. I mean, my differences in my is, is tactics. And I always caveat everything that I say, anything that I say with, I could be wrong. This is something I came to recently. I mean, I, who knows? Maybe I'll come across some some good logic that changes my mind. But as of now, I, I'm of the opinion that tactically that's not the way to go. And we'll go into that more. But the reason why I want to do this, the real reason I want to do this is because looking at all the comments in this, it really illustrated a lot of misconceptions people have about agorism. So not to do a fucking solo episode, let's pull Sal in here and we'll, we'll get into that. I'll get you in here. What's up, Sal? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. How you digging Florida, man? (laughs) Dude, it's beautiful, man. Like, like we were saying earlier at the weather, the women, it's, it's, you can't beat it. No masks, no muzzles, Cuban food. It's, it's, It's pretty good life. Yeah, I just went to the fair the other day with my kids, and it was fucking great. Like, cause like my kids are used, I've already gotten conditioned to have to fucking bring their masks everywhere and shit. It's fucking hate it, but like it was great. I went there and it was probably well over half the people there didn't have didn't have masks on. No one gave a shit, and it, it was just awesome. <laughs> so it's the I best mean, part of Florida, man. Everywhere yeah. I go, I, I don't I don't. I mean, I didn't wear the muzzle in, in New Jersey, so I'm damn sure not going to wear it, you know, here. So. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I do like I'm that way. I mean, I, I, I've i said in previous episodes that like I do wear a mask somewhere. It depends on the, the situation, but vast majority of places I don't because it, but it's like, you know, like I think I've spent pretty much the only, mostly the only place I wear it for the most part is like I have a grocery store nearby and like an elderly community. So it's just like it's just not even worth the, st- the hassle because it's all like old people that are like <laughs> borderline on their deathbeds. So it's like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, aside from that, like I pretty much don't worry. And no one really ever cares, especially here in Florida, which is great. So it's like, well, if it's almost like kind of a, like, yeah, you have the signs on the door. And to be honest, if anyone ever came to me, and was like, Hey, wear your mask. I'd be like, okay, sorry, my bad. But like, I mean, that, that's just me, but I'm not, if I'm not going to do it until you like tell me to, and I get the signs on there, right. get all butt hurt with their property rights and stuff. And I agree with property rights, but it's like, I feel like it's on the property owner to be like, if they don't like it, then they can be like, get out, or they can be like, or they can kindly ask me to, or get out, you know? <laughs> so, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's sort of my philosophy too. Like, if I'm not going to wear it, and if somebody asks me to wear it, I, I still won't put it on, but I will leave like peacefully if that's the case. Yeah. Um, I, I have had like a couple issues where, like, um, although not really here in Florida, honestly, so much, but like in Walmart, like everybody was wearing the mask into, I'm sorry, everybody was wearing the muzzle into Walmart, and there was a cop at the door. So I like pulled my shirt over my face and I was like, hey, man, is this like some law or something? And he's like, oh, yeah, Walmart can get in big trouble. And I was like, I don't give a shit if Walmart gets fine. And I just took my my, my, my shirt down and I kept shopping. And that was the end of it. Yeah. Um, oh, God, what was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah, I want to bring up. I kind of didn't do it earlier. I mean, this kind of fucks up the flow. But uh, I want to mention that we did a bio episode before. And I had a lot of fun with that. I have heard from a few people that it was like one of their favorite episodes. So if you like, like cool. say, I'll go check out shit I did with him before. We did a bio episode of him. Uh, we did a little, a little small talk there. So let's get into the meat. Um, you heard, I kind of went over the, the tweet. I kind of want to give you a chance to see if there's anything you want to elaborate on that to be more clear, or if, if you're good without stands and then we can move on from there. Cause, uh, I know a lot of people had misunderstandings. I don't know if there, you, if you've thought of it at all and thought maybe there's something you should be a little more clear on or anything, I mean, it's just kind of giving you a chance to clear up the water in the, in the meantime, you know what <clears> I mean? No, yeah, no, I think, I think I'm, I'm definitely good where it stands. I think yeah. that um, just like for a little bit of background for people, um, I guess sometimes we see like in the liberty community, like there sort of, sort of seems to be like a back and forth, like a struggle between what I see as like the logically consistent wing of the libertarian movement versus everyone else. And every now and then we sort of get, it's like, there's like this push and pull, there's this like you take two steps forward and two steps back. So I, I try, whenever I see that, I try to like be proactive. And when I sense like a sort of shift towards the party party, I try to like shoot it down as quickly as possible. And I'm usually not as successful as I'd like to be, but I, I do make the effort. Yeah, it's funny. You did hit it. You hit the, the, the what's the saying? The iron while it's hot or whatever the fuck. But it's like, cause it right, was like yeah. there's this, this shift right now where it's like people are, you know, feeling They're trying you know, to bring it yeah. back into style. Yeah. yeah. And to be fair, yeah. the reason of the reason why you said that they're the most dangerous element is because they're, they're, they're saying the right lingo. Exactly. They're saying everything we agree with. The only thing that me and you would probably disagree with is utilizing the political system. You know, I mean, I know they right. probably say that's, for education, that's, but like, that's, the, that, that's the whole thing. It's like, they're telling everybody we're going to end the political system. Come with us and help us build up the political system. And that's, that, that's, in my mind, and in Konkin's words, that's statist infiltration. That that that's in Konkin called it the second counterattack of the state, the Libertarian Party. And I I couldn't say it better myself. I, I really think it, it, that's he hits a nail on the head right there. And that's a great example of it. Look how they're like you said. Like there's this sort of like current wave, or sort of like it's very trendy right now for Libertarians to sort of revive the Libertarian Party. And it's like you know how many times can you like you know, bring somebody back from the dead, you know? Yeah. I figured now it's probably a good time to bring up too. I did want to really emphasize big time that I have, like, I, I don't know if I said it already. We talked before. I don't have any ill will with the LPMC. They're good shit. So this is meant to be more like educational. Cause like the biggest thing was the responses. And I noticed that like people just had so many misconceptions. I feel like people, and it, I mean, to be fair, I feel like there's something that like, you can't expect someone to like read everything about a concept. Cause people like, you know, I occasionally will make comments about objectivism, but I haven't read all of Ayn Rand's work, but there is something too. It's like, you do also got to realize that you may be misunderstanding some things. And so what we're doing, my intention here was to kind of clear up some of that stuff. Um, so yeah, with that, I think I'm going to start out with, 
LPMC's uh, response to your thing. Let me find it real quick. I know this isn't the greatest fucking. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's what they said. They said, we don't siphon anyone away from anything. We also don't discourage anyone practicing agorism. There is no reason why these things need to be mutually exclusive. We're working towards the same school, same goal to strip politicians of their power and control. So essentially this is the why not both. And that's one I've been seeing a lot lately because agorism also, I think, has become this hot thing lately. I'll be honest. I didn't I didn't learn about agorism until the coup. I read up all of Conkin during the coup and fucking here I am now. And I agreed with a lot of it. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll change my mind later. But as of now, his stuff really resonates with me. So like, yeah, I mean, it is a, a, a new I mean, it's not new, but it's like for a, it seemed to have a big insurgency during this time is agorism, you know, at least on the philosophical it, side. It, I mean, Konkin died in 2004, so we're yeah. really like, we're really like very, we're in the infantile stages of this. Like, you know, the the uh, today's agorists are like the first agorists. We're like the disciples and the Christ, and like you know, Christ disciples starting the the church. You know, Christ died and his disciples went around and, and spread the the Christian gospel. Konkin died and you and I go around and spread the the agorist gospel. So we are. It is still a very new philosophy. Yeah. I like no, your. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. You go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I was gonna go move on to the next point and bring up your response to yeah. that. Just not that. It, just I, I really didn't actually have anything to expand on. I just thought it was, was smart. You said we you seek this seek the throne. We seek to eradicate it. But that just and then yeah. Well, well, that, that that's you know that's just it. And honestly, um, you know, we have seen this whole why not both sort of argument. And I think you know it's it's kind of like. It's kind of like getting chemotherapy in the morning and then smoking three packs that evening, right? It doesn't make any sense. It would be like going to uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and then coming home and drinking uh, a bottle of Jose Cuervo. That doesn't make that doesn't make any sense. And participating in party politics in order to restrict the size of the state is exactly that. It's 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 exactly analogous to it, right? You're you're in one in one perspective. You're trying to reduce the role of the government. And then, you know, later point in your day, when you go to the committee meeting for the Libertarian Mises Caucus, then you're legitimizing it. So it's like, which is it? Is it, are you trying to reduce the state or are you trying to, to legitimize it? And those are sort of uh, contradictory goals, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, then I, my next, my, I actually responded after to them and I said, also those who say shit like agorism politics don't need to be mutually exclusive either are ignorant of what agorism yeah. is or being intentionally dishonest. Agorism by design is mutually exclusive from politics. So that was one thing I was yeah. getting at there is because I feel like there's been this, because people say agorism and they just mean like counter economics, but not like, even, not even, yeah. they, they just mean like, they just mean like, like holding Bitcoin on their, on their cell phone. Like that's yeah. not agorism. It's, I, it, it, look, it's yeah. more, it's more than most people are doing, but that's not, it's not, uh, Full on endorsement, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head with your comment there. Konkin said it was anti-politics. Mm -hmm. So if agorism is anti-politics, we're the antithesis of politics. So you can't engage in politics and anti-politics. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and it's uh the thing is too is like because I do think people some people say agorism and they mean just like that, but then that that would be the obviously being uh being ignorant because what agorism is is a it's a philosophy essentially in a sense. It's um, it's kind of like one, th one point I always bring up to people is uh, Michael Malice. A lot of people know that he's very into fucking Ayn Rand. He's always just kind of like somebody's really into, 
And people have many times accused him of being an objectivist. And he goes, no, I'm not an objectivist. But he'll like, he agrees with a ton of her tenants. But then there'll be certain things to be like, I don't agree with this. I don't agree with that. And they're like, well, can you consider yourself an objectivist? And they like, no, by Ayn Rand standards, I'm not. And she's the one who created this philosophy. So I don't think it would be fair for me to call myself that. And I know a lot of people would be like, oh, I'm an activist, but I still believe in this or that. And I know all these are labels, but it is kind of like, to some extent, I understand there's wiggle rooms within certain philosophies, but if you, if a philosophy created and it's been already established certain tenets within a philosophy, you know, by the person who created it, it's kind of almost kind of silly to consider yourself that if you're against those tenets, you know I mean? It's one thing if it's like a minor thing here and there, but like, that's, that's like the major, one of the major tenets right. of fucking agorism, you know? Yeah. I, I, I agree. At least that's the way I see it. Right. You know? Yeah, no, no, I agree. I think you're right. The one point of caution um, uh, in in the New Libertarian Manifesto, Condon says something to the effect of like, don't ever like criticize someone for not being agorist enough. Like agorism exists on a spectrum. Like how agorist we are is like, it's sort of like a spectrum. Like where no one can live 1000% like counter economically, right? Unless you want to be shot by the state tomorrow. Um, you you know we we all do it to the the, the most that we possibly can. There's, there's there's a sort of risk tolerance baked into counter economics, and every single agorist has to calculate what their risk tolerance is. It's going to be different for all individuals. We all have different circumstances. Um, so you know it's all it's all personalized to the individual. But you know I I do agree with you that not participating in politics is one of the essential tenets. I do know. A couple of people who identify as agorists who uh, do participate in the partyarchy, and I, I don't, I, I don't. I'm not. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're not agorists, but I certainly don't agree with that part of their their behavior. Yeah, I know, and I, I just, I'm just getting at it's like when people say shit like "why not both" is because that is like by definition that's what it is not. Right. So it's, I mean, exactly. and I get. No. I mean, I guess I get on an individual level. I mean, I, I if like say if I was talking to that person, I might be like, depending on my relationship, I might be like, well, technically you kind of aren't, but I get what you're saying. This is the label you choose because it's the closest thing to define yourself in your opinion. Because no label is perfect. No. You know, a couple things too, though. Like, like I also think within the liberty community, agorism has sort of like become like the new, like the new fad. Like, it's become sort of trendy. It's like sort of cool. Like everybody wants to be an agorist, but. Um, but nobody wants to read Conkin. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, well, exactly. Yeah, that seems to be the issue at hand. Yeah. Oh, did you have more of a point to that? I was just being a smartass. <laughs> I, I, I did, and then my mind went blank. So. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I fucked you up. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Um, next, I want to go into my buddy uh, James. You've been on his uh, podcast uh, before. He was Urban Agorist. Now he's Blackbird. He literally just changed it. Um, Blackbird's the name of the podcast. It's not like he's calling himself Blackbird. That'd be kind of douchey. But <laughs> what is the line from Step Brothers? Like, call me, uh, I forget what it is, like uh, Raptor or some dumb shit. <laughs> uh, uh, he said, he goes, party movement libertarians are junior partners in the fight for freedom. I don't think we need to fight unless they gain power. They obviously shouldn't be put on pedestals either, though. Either the training wheels will someday come off or they'll come into power and become the enemy. So the way I kind of saw this was the idea of that 
we should see them as almost like neutral as to be not worried about until be, they become an issue. But I, I, I just want to know if you had thoughts. And I thought it was an interesting take, but I would disagree with it. I mean, I, I kind of get what yeah. he's getting at, though. I, I understand what he's saying. I, ultimately, though, I, I, I think he's a little bit off on that one because, um, you know, it's it's not it's – participating in, 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 in the partyarchy is not neutral behavior. That's that's counterproductive to our to our end. So they're not being neutral in that sense. They're actually harming uh, the, the 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 potential to bring about the agora by you know seeking to maximize the strength of one particular political party. That's that's not what we're doing here. So yeah, and I, I guess I, my take would be like even if you're doing it for like we're going to do it for educational purposes, you're still strengthening the strengthening in a sense the belief in using the political system and it's like and that's going to backfire later because like yes you made me the most red-pilled most libertarian individual but you know what's going to happen for eight 12 16 years down the line once you've built this up with all this this great energy of people being like yeah fuck the state and then like 16 you know whatever however many years later and built up this platform for people to be like you know what, maybe we should uh, do this or maybe we should do that with this, you know? Well, that's, that, that's, that's exactly Evolution? it. And okay. like, that's why I, I, I can't stand when they, um, they give you like the education argument. I think that's probably the most illegitimate argument that they can give you because it's just, it's just flat out dishonest. They're, they're running candidates for higher office. They're donating resources to their campaigns. They're celebrating even the smallest of victory. And then they tell you, oh, we're not trying to win a campaign. We're just trying to educate the public. If they were actually trying to educate the public, Jose, they would have a show like this one, right? They wouldn't, they wouldn't be out on the street trying to convince people to uh, participate in a course of monopoly. That's not education. That's the opposite of education. You're, you're trying to indoctrinate people. Education is like writing books or podcasts or blogging or something like that's educational. It's not um, trying to exert your will on people through a course of monopoly. That, that's, that's not education. I, I just don't buy the argument. And I think it's, it's the lowest argument they make because it's just flat out dishonest. I, I to to take the devil's advocate there. I would think they would say the reason why they utilize that platform is because it's one that's already there. And it, the idea is that it's, you know, it's large platform they can use. But my thing was it's a platform that's being used to, I mean, I already kind of went into that to strengthen the political system, but it's like, exactly. But you're just, you're just going to screw yourself over later. You're just making it larger for someone else to be able to come and take it later. Even if you do the, what is the principled, you know, or so-called principled, you know, educational uh, fucking push or whatever, you know? So. Right. Right. And, you know, a lot of times the argument that, that they tie in here is, oh, well, look at Ron Paul, right? Like Ron Paul convinced so many people to become libertarians and he did it by utilizing the partyarchy. And my response to all that is just like, you know, nowadays you don't have to violate the non-aggression principle to spread the message. If you're looking for a platform like there's YouTube, there's um, like a million social media platforms out there. Pick one. Like you don't have to run for office anymore. Like Ron Paul is sort of and like they asked Konkin about that too, like in an interview a long time ago. And he said, Ron Paul is sort of from a different era, right? He, he's sort of like, like an old school statesman. It's not, it's not, it's not like that anymore. You know, I don't know if it makes any sense. Yeah. We'll attack that. I'm not attack, but we'll go after that golden goose here in a little bit. I wouldn't say attack. Cause I do, I do love Ronnie. He's a sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I agree. But we'll, I agree. we'll go into that here in a minute. Cause that, that was one of them.
Um, okay. Uh, here's okay. Well, I was gonna do uh, if they use the party, spread the message, deliver them in, but we kind of went into the education aspect. Uh, someone says doing much better than whatever y'all are doing. So I would like your response to that because I know where you would go with it. And uh, I feel like this is a one of those lowest common denominator type arguments, but it is one that I think should be addressed because a lot of people go, oh, "You, I you, think- fucking, you agorist, you mean what the fuck have you guys ever done?" <laughs> Which is insane. You there? It's a crazy thing okay. to say. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you lose me? Do you hear me all right? No, I can hear you. I just got a little bit of lag. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're yeah. good. You're good. Um, I, I, I think that's absolutely insane for them to say something like that. Like the, the most Gary Johnson, the most any libertarian presidential candidate ever got was Gary Johnson. That was 3% in, t- in 2016, right? So the most that they were able to accomplish in their entire history was 3% of, of the vote. Now, in just since 2008, just 2008 till today, those that 12 year span, agorists have got rid of the taxi cartels with Uber. We've gotten rid of the hotel cartels with Airbnb. We have created the 3D printed gun. We've created the Silk Road using Tor and Bitcoin. Satoshi Nakamoto wrote the white paper I mean, Monero, Dash, a million cryptocurrencies. We're about to tokenize the entire securities market. I mean, we've ended the drug war based on massive noncompliance. States were forced to capitulate all of their tyrannical laws, but we've accomplished nothing. And they and they're at three percent. Now that's not even to like get into the historical <laughs> like victories that we had in the 20th century over the Soviet Union using counter-economics, or the victories that Gandhi had over the British Empire using counter-economics. We are the only ones who are successful. They are the ones who are, frankly, full of shit. 3%, that's the best they've ever done. They're wasting your money. They're draining resources from the counter economy, and they're putting it into inefficient and, and wasteful ends. All right, well, you, you hit that one in the head. Here you go with that. But it, it was it is, it is one that needs to be brought up because people say that, and I, I – and I know it, it like kind of almost seems dishonest, but I genuinely think for most people that comes from a place of ignorance. So they just don't know. I agree. They, it's, they I just, agree. They just I, haven't I, put two and two together. Yeah. No, you're right. But I, I would amend that. But, I don't think it comes from a place of ignorance. I think it comes from a place of indoctrination and brainwashing. Like they're still hung yeah, up perception. on the idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're still hung up on the idea that like a political party can save them. Like they still haven't cut that cord yet. And to be fair, like politics in general probably take a higher place for brain and awareness than something than just that kind of stuff. Because you don't you don't see Bitcoin and think immediately think agorism. At least the, the normal person does. But they every every year every few years you see political shit. So this is something that you're more so because you see it more, you assume it, there is more that more is happening out of that. But like no, this is just a silly game we do every fucking four to eight years or whatever, you know. So I don't know why I said eight, but every four years, I guess it's different in some places too. They do like, I don't know what, every two, every, every year. I don't know. I don't even really fuck yeah, that. Yeah, this is every two. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But you, you get what I'm getting at. It's just like you, it's this thing that occupies your time, but it doesn't really do shit, you know? So that's, the, yeah. that's the whole thing. Uh, like, all right. Like, what, what? Okay. My bad. My bad. I, I lost you in the lag again. Good. We got a little bit of lag here. So it's throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. We're, we're, I'm sorry. We're you had. A, you seemed like you had a good thought there. Yeah. No, I, I forgot. I was gonna say. Right, I'll let you go. Say my bad. <laughs> oh, okay. 
All right, let's let's go after the Golden Goose. Let, let's do it. I feel bad because I love Ronnie, and he's an absolute sweetheart, and this is in no way meant anything bad. But and I, because I, I can't, we're going to go into it. Was Ron Paul a dangerous element as well? Um, no, no, I don't, I don't think he was. Um, no, Ron Paul, um, undeniably brought a lot of people, including myself, into the liberty movement, and he uh did it successfully, right? I mean, basically his movement, right? But mm-hmm. my argument to that, my, my counter argument is, well. Um, you know, just like we said before, you, nowadays you don't need uh, to violate the non-aggression principle in order to to spread the message, right? There's plenty of, of of platforms available to you that are consistent with the non-aggression principle. There's thousands of social media channels you can start a podcast for free. Uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, there's YouTube. I mean, just you know, there's a million different ways to go about it. Write a book, write start a blog. There's all different things you can do. So. The excuse that you have to promote a coercive monopoly in order to spread the message of liberty is bullshit. It, it, it's complete bullshit, and it's a poor, poor, sorry excuse for statism. I guess I would uh, – I'm kind of surprised. I actually would uh, take the opposite side and say technically yes, in a sense. I need a shitload of people to liberty, and like I said, I might be wrong. Everything I say, caveat this or that, I might be wrong. Because I'm just some dude fucking talking on the internet. But I would take the fucking stance that how much how much inspiration did he push for people to engage in the political system? You know what I mean? Like, and if we're looking at it from a short right. term, yes. And th- that doesn't mean, I feel like everything comes with mixes. And like, you know, I could be completely wrong. It could be that he actually did more more good than bad. I think he is, I think he, it's the same thing as like he brought with the LPMC with the reason why they are a dangerous element is because they are, they are in our opinion going tactically the wrong way, but they are very much on message with what we believe for the most part, but they're going the complete opposite way tactically. And that's kind of would be my opinion with Ron. I could be completely wrong. I, I want to be wrong because I fucking love Ronnie. So I would be like, he's a goddamn angel. There's no way he did anything wrong, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there, there is some argument to how much insp- like how did he, like, how many more agorists could we have? How many more people would not be engaged in the political system? Because so many people are in the liberty movement, but how many of those people are in the liberty movement and and now are like, I need to be politically involved, just like Ronnie, you know? And now he's also like, look at what's in this very people are going, what about Ron Paul? What about Ron Paul? So now he's been, now he is this precedent for why well, we should engage in the political system. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I want to be wrong. I, think- I love Ronnie. <laughs> I think I, I think I think that um, the fact that Ron Paul was so clearly the best candidate for the presidency in both 2008 and 2012, he was leagues above his competition. The fact that he was so clearly the best candidate and was still nevertheless railroaded by the two-party duopoly only shows the inefficacy of, of political solutions to liberty. Right? It just shows you like. The FEC essentially represents the cartelization of the red market, right? Just like the Federal Reserve has cartelized the banking, the banking industry, and uh, you know the taxi cartels have cartelized the, the transportation industry, and so on and so forth. Well, the FEC essentially is just the cartelization device that Republicans and Democrats use to cartelize the red markets, and uh, you know they're not going to. The Federal Reserve doesn't take well to competition on the dollar. 
the FEC won't take well to competition on their political monopoly. So that's why the Libertarian Party is always getting railroaded. Any little bit of success that they actually do have, the, the standards for entry, just the barriers to entry just get bumped up even higher because it's a cartel. It's not supposed to work fairly. And that's what I, I was one of the things that I think Ron Paul uh, really showed, right? Yeah, I mean, my point, though, would be that, yeah, you're right, but I don't feel like that's the message people got out of it. People have the message that, oh, look, we can engage in the political system and, you know, we can make inroads and look at all that spawned out of this. And maybe they're right. I don't fucking know. It's, you're, because it's, it's not as simple as people want to make it as simple as it's good or bad. But I feel like sometimes it's a, is it more good or is it more bad? Who fucking knows? I don't know. We're kind of like, I mean, it's, it's not yeah. something that can be easily quantified, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. There is definitely some aspect of that. And like, we're still dealing with that, right? Like what Ron Paul ran for president 10, 12 years ago. And we're still listening to people being like, oh, what about Ron Paul? What about Ron Paul? Um, so you're right. You're right. But on the other hand, um, Ron Paul, like, was the entry point for so many people into the liberty movement. Like, if it wasn't for Ron Paul, I wouldn't be here speaking with you right now. And like, I have convinced like a significant number of people to join the Agorist community. I'm sure that's true for you and other Agorists who Ron Paul, I don't know your origin stories, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who Ron Paul brought into the movement who eventually became Agorists and, and recruited other people to the Agorist uh, uh, movement. One of the things Konkin says on this is that it's okay for us to infiltrate some of the more radical bands of statists for the purposes of, of, of recruitment. So there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, uh, posing as a member of the Mises Caucus for the in, for the sole purpose and intention of, of of recruiting their members to the counter economy. That's completely fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm in their group on Facebook. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm in their group on Facebook. I mean, I don't, but I don't go in there and cause problems. I just like to, I just like to see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Um, that's what, that, that's, what, I mean. that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the LPMC, the next tweet that I want to bring up is someone said, he called the MC Mises Caucus the most dangerous part. Pretty dumb statement. So I wanted to give you a chance to elaborate on why the LPMC is such a dangerous element of the party archy. I mean, we kind of got into it, but I'll give you a chance to to wax on philosophical, well, you know? Just, just like you know, you you explained earlier on in the show, um, you know, and like I said in the original post, in the original tweet, they sort of siphon anarchists from the counter economy, and they persuade them to 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 waste their efforts on on the partyarchy, and they do it very very efficiently because, you know, the the radical anarcho capitalists are immediately drawn to the Mises caucus, right? So. Like they, most of our, the people who we should be recruiting, look at the Mises Caucus as, as an ally. And they're saying, oh, look, our ally has this struggle. They have this battle that they, they want us to be part of. They want us to help on. And like the, the, the human mind, like they fall for that, right? Like, oh, there's a, there's a struggle. There's a battle. There's a group that I want to be part of. And we're going to engage in this fight together. And we're going to overcome the odds. Like there's like something like fundamental about the human, about human nature that's drawn to that like that sort of underdog story but it's all bullshit it's all bullshit it's designed for you to think that way and like our goal as agorists is to sort of pull the people like away from from like the tractor beam in a sense you know if that makes any sense but 
Yeah, it was Konkin himself that said that we shouldn't be, essentially to put it in modern day terms, we shouldn't be pulling from the normies for agorists. We should be pulling from, exactly. I mean, not to say we should be, but we should be, the, we should be pulling from the ANCAPs, essentially. That's who we should be pulling from. We should be pulling from the people who are already there. Or maybe maybe even you can make a case for the ANCOMs, at least the, maybe not ANCOMs, but like ANSOCs, the ones that are like not so crazy about the whole property stuff. But you get them, the extreme anarchists are the ones we should be pulling from, you know? I know you've well, talked about that before. You've done a whole podcast on that one before. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I think I think everyone has a sort of different path to liberty. Um, I know people who, you know, like me, it took, it took me a long time. It took me a really long time to go from, you know, constitutionalist, you know, really like, you know, libertarian party guy to where I am today. It was a long journey. But on the other hand, I know people who, as soon as they were introduced to the liberty movement, they were like, oh, agorism is the right answer. So I mean, you know, Konkin yeah. said to, to 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 direct our resources towards the most radical bands of ANCAPs. I think that's a good idea, but um, especially nowadays with like social media, we're able to sort of cast a wide net and uh, catch a whole bunch of different fish. Yeah, you said you said it good because I, 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 I that's what I was trying to say is not necessarily only focus on like ANCAP types, but that should be where we direct most of our resources. So like. I mean, I'm not going to be hitting up, you know, your generic, uh, you know, fucking Republican and be like, hey, agorism. They're going to be like, fuck off. <laughs> like, if, know, if I bring I'll, it up I'll to an ANCAP, I can talk to them a whole lot better. Oh, good. Right, right, right. A quick little um, story, like a quick little example. I have somebody who, who listens to my show and they, they, they just started listening like not that long ago. And they have dove in headfirst into the Agorist philosophy. I mean, they listen to... Every Agorist podcast, they, they read all of our blogs, and um, they've only been doing this for like a month or two. And now they just contact me that they're starting their own business, their own counter-economic business. They're going to like become an entrepreneur. And it's just really exciting to see um, people make that change, you know? Oh, sorry. You threw me off. Your lips are still moving on my side. We got a little bit of a lag still going on here. <laughs> threw me off. It was weird. <laughs> All right, let's move. We're, we're, we're close by. <laughs> let's move to the next one. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make any sense. We're like, we could almost like do this. We we could have like gone to your house and done we it or whatever. We're so close. We should, but, uh, next uh <laughs> right. Um, so next one, this is kind of opportunity to go into, even amongst agorists, this one's the one that's like a lot of people didn't read. Because, uh, like, agorist class theory, we talked about this a little bit before. That was uh, done by Wally Conger, which he uh, kind of, um, he pulled excerpts from uh, from fucking, from some uh, some of Conkett's unfinished work and used it to do agorist class theory. And the thing is, a lot of people have an issue with is some of some of the versions of New Libertarian, eh, New Libertarian Manifesto have it and some don't. I actually fucked up because when I first got it, the one it didn't have it. And then later I was like, God damn it, I want to read that. So I had to buy the other version that had it. So pro tip, if you're trying to get into reading this, get the version that has the uh, the new libertarian manifesto that ha has uh, um, uh, agorist class theory in it because that's the only place you can really get it. So you're going to end up buying NLS twice if you don't. So, um, but anyways, back up a little bit. He, one person says he called them statists. Those are fighting words. They're referring to you call, I guess at one point you called the LPMC or someone in the, in the thread, you call them statists. So I'll give you an opportunity to kind of go into that and how it wasn't necessarily an ad hominem because they were trying to get at how you were like basically name calling. 
but I'll, I'll let you explain how it's not necessarily name calling. You're being more factual uh, coming from the framework of an agorist. Right. I'm not sure what specific comment they're referring to. Um, I could probably explain better by the context, but just, just in general, like speaking in general, I, I think that partyarchy is inherently an institution of the state, right? A political party is an institution, is, is a political institution, right? So that's, you can't really separate like party politics from the state. So if you're engaging in statist institutions, I don't know what else to call you, I'm sorry, but that's, that, that's what it is, it, it's statism. Um, you know, and then they say, oh, but we're, we're trying to, you know, use the state to fight the state. And again, going back to what we said earlier, those sorts of arguments are, are nonsense because they're logically inconsistent. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, what I'm looking at, though, is how uh, agorist class theory, Konkin defined statists as those who utilize uh, utilize the state for their means. So that would be, you know, because he had a different idea when it comes to class theory than like, because people hear class theory and they think of Marx and they think of the bourgeoisie and they think of the, uh, or the fuck the other ones, the proletariat. And, uh, but with Konkin, it was statists right. and non-statists, you know? Yeah, and he was getting at how, you know, I was getting at how like uh, the statist was just anyone who utilizes the, the state to their means. And that was how Konkin broke down his class theory. So, yeah. Right, uh, right. Well, with, with, all right, with, next one. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. My bad, my bad. <laughs> I, I was, was going to say real quick, like, I was going to say real quick, like, you know, Marx breaks it down between, like, the proletariat and the bourgeoisie, and we agorists think of it, you know, sort of, he got it right in the sense that there's there's two classes. But he he misidentified both of those classes, right? It's not it's not the the proletariat versus, versus the bourgeoisie, it's the state's oppressors versus the the agorists versus counter economists, and and I I think you hit the nail on the head again, um, you know, because anybody falling under that definition would have to like include a, a member of the party party. So yeah, I, I would agree with that hundred percent. Mm. All right, uh, next one. Not all politics is immoral, and the counter-economics has its limits. Um, so what I was getting at is uh, what I want to focus on here was whether engaging in politics is immoral. Because, I mean, I I'll give my take. For me, engaging in politics, I would not necessarily say it's immoral. I would take Spooner's take, and that it's not immoral, that you can make the, the case that you are doing it in self-defense. But my my personal perspective is that it may not be immoral, but I think tactically it's kind of retarded. I think if you really look at it from a long-term perspective, I think it does more damage than it does good. So in engaging it is not good, but I don't think it's necessarily immoral because I do think you can look at it from a self-defense perspective. But so I wanted, I wanted to get your take and whether all politics are immoral or not. So, and I'll give you a chance to explain if you, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. I I think um, I would say that, that participating in politics is both immoral and and uh, not pragmatic, right? It's 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 immoral in the sense that no one has the right to choose a master to impose on their neighbors. So you could say like, oh, I'm going to vote in self defense, but maybe like your self defense is going to spite your neighbor. You don't have the right. No one has the right to do that. Um, so it's immoral. I think I think it's immoral, but it's also not pragmatic because it doesn't work, right? Five thousand years of governments, of political organizations, they have failed. They have not produced an ounce of liberty yet. The only thing that's produced liberty is counter economics. So, 
participating in politics is, I think, in my opinion, both immoral and not pragmatic. Okay. All right. We could go. We could. I'm not going to go too much into that because we could. That could be a whole episode. And uh, yeah. Um, next one. I don't see them siphoning away from the counter economy. If anything, I think they would increase the amount of agorists. They will draw some of those small time libertarians in. And when the concept fails, they'll take the next leap. I think that's interesting. My perspective is I mean, I think that's an interesting perspective. But at the same time, we're talking about specifically something like the LPMC, and I actually think they could possibly keep people trapped in their, not to say they're evil, or in their clutches for longer because of the fact that they're coming from more of a principled perspective. So I do think that was an interesting one because that was kind of, that's what got me a lot into agorism. Joe Jorgensen, I was very like, you know, go Jojo or whatever the fuck at first, and then that's when I jumped onto agorism, and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I guess I can kind of see where he's coming from. <laughs> I think I think it, that's I think it's kind of crazy um, to say like, well, you know, the the LP Mises Congress will draw libertarians in, and then once it fails, they'll see how great agorism is. That's sort of like saying like, you know, if you wanted to teach somebody how to swim, like put them on a sinking ship, and then they'll, they'll learn how to swim real quick. Like that's not how you teach somebody how to swim. That's not how you teach somebody agorism by throwing them into the, the halls of Congress. That's crazy. Um, so no, I, I don't, I, I reject that as well. I think that's, that's a logically inconsistent way to approach it. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting perspective, but yeah, I kind of do see with a failing of that, but there is something to that. Cause there is like a, I feel like a lot of agorists come from like, we were engaged and then something was like, nah, nah, fuck this. And we, we bailed. So, like, yeah. I mean, for it was a little bit of like I, I got really disappointed with what was going on, and I read Conk, and it was the conjunction of the two. So, you know, so one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I agree with you. I, I agree with you, but I, I'm not sure that that's a, a valid um, reason for us to be telling people to like, oh, go join the Mises Caucus. You know what I mean? But I, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> go I join the Mises Caucus. Support you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right. exactly. Go join the Mises <laughs> to be a failure. Ugh. <laughs> All right. This is going to be the last one. I think I thought this was interesting. It said, and I, I kind of get my thought on it. Uh, why left is dominating power structures and narratives while we bravely vegetables and hide guns. So I kind of want to get into, I think there's something there in, they try to be like, oh, the left is dominating power structures. And it's, but my thing I was getting at is the reason why is because they dominate the culture. It's not necessarily they dominate politics, and but the reason they also do somewhat dominate politics. But that's also part of their culture. Whereas us as libertarians, that's antithetical to our culture. So for us to try to dominate politics is just going against nature. Like even those, I guess, minarchists of libertarians, just not. It just doesn't follow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I. I... I totally agree with you. Um, can you can you read back that comment one more time for me? Yeah, I know it's it's a, it's a handful. Um, why the left is dominating power structures and narratives while we bl bravely grow vegetables okay, and right, hide guns. Right. So obviously, right. the aspect of the left, you know, dominating power structures, and obviously the the ad hominem of agorists or those who grow vegetables and hide guns. <laughs> well. See, like, yeah. that's that, that's the whole interesting thing. like, again, when we speak about people who, like, comment about agorism, don't really understand it, this is a good example. We don't exist 
in in this in the, the current power structure. The whole point of agorism, the most the most enticing aspect of agorism is that we offer people instantaneous liberation like that like it's not it's not a process as soon as you understand agorism you understand that you're already free and that you're just being oppressed that no one has the right or the ability to take that from you um then you've already fallen out of the existing power structure um Laws, status laws, don't apply to counter economists, and and I think that that's one of the. This is a point that Per Bilan covers in his his little his brilliant little article called um, "A Strategy for Pushing Back," that he wrote a long time ago. That I recommend to everybody who's interested in in, in agorism and counter economics to read this article. But one of the things that he he breaks down counter economics into two types, and. Uh, one of them he, he speaks about is 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 horizontal counter-economics, which is just falling out of, of traditional power structures, right? And and in creating your own that, that sort of bypass state regulations. So I, I think that you know to make a long story short, I know I'm sort of just rambling, but um, we don't exist in current power structures. Okay, well that's interesting. Yeah, I, I get what you're getting at. I, I, my point I was getting at too is just how we, like I brought up that how we need to, I think we need to focus more on the culture. And I think that's a large part of agorism is like that we're, it's kind of almost like more cultural and less political. So uh, I think that's kind of like. Well, I mean. People just dominate power structures, but it's like, yeah, that's because they dominate culture. It's not necessarily they dominate politics. I mean, they do dominate politics, but it's a function of them dominating culture. You know what I mean? So that's what I was getting at. Yeah. So. I mean, that's not really right, necessarily right. Um, agorism specific. That's a, you know, that, yeah. One one point of caution there. Um, if you if you look in Anatomy of the State on page twenty six, Murray Rothbard tells us that we should be we should beware <laughs> of of tradition and culture, and that these things have been traditionally used against us in the past. Like, in other words, they'll say like like how many people we've all everybody listening to this show right now has had this experience. How many people do we know that have been like, my dad fought in the war, and his, my grandpa fought in that war, and his dad fought in that war, and now it's my turn to go to Iraq or go to Afghanistan? Like that sort of um, manipulation of tradition and culture is very dangerous. So, uh, you know, we have to be careful when we enter the, the cultural arena. I personally think agorists are better off uh, limiting themselves to the economic arena. Because I think that economics and politics are sort of juxtaposed. And I think that, you know, if we can focus on economics, then we'll automatically and necessarily drain uh, resources from political institutions. I mean, to bring it back to Mises, which is all came back, like it came from the LPMC. Um, I mean, all this, I mean, economics is human action. So, I mean, I mean, everything in a sense does come back to economics. Basically, everything you do is essentially economics. So... I mean, yeah, I mean that does make sense. That follows. Yeah, uh, I think it's probably a good spot. We've hit a lot, of, a lot of topic here. Um, you want to, you want to go ahead and drop your plugs. Uh, Salviagoras.com. You can subscribe to the Agora podcast and unloose the goose. And if you're interested in checking out uh, 3D printers, 3D printer go burr b r r r dot com, and you can buy 3D printers and supplies for cryptocurrency. Awesome. All right. For me, I'm on the Way Jose YouTube channel. I also am basically av available everywhere. There's uh, audio podcasts. Um, 
I'm also on the Liberty Movement uh, YouTube and BitChute channel. Uh, if you ever need to contact me or the Liberty Movement, hit up the Liberty Movement Global at gmail.com or you know you can comment on my videos or be in the Facebook group. Uh, like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And with that, this has been a really fun episode. Thanks for coming on, Sal. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. You hear me? <laughs> yeah. All right. Out. Oh.